1: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, sorry to... Uh, welcome, and thank you for coming on this busy uh, and lovely day to see our final uh, lecture of the academic year. We're very fortunate today to have uh, Dr. Marat Ilyasov. I don't remember. Where's the accent? Is Ilyasov or Ilyasov? Ilyasov. Ilyasov. Okay, Marat Ilyasov. Uh, Marat uh, as well known to um, our community. He's been with us as a Wisconsin-Russia project postdoctoral fellow. He uh, has master's degrees in international relations from institutions in uh, Lithuania and Georgia, and a PhD from St. Andrews in Scotland, and he's done extensive research on uh, the Chechen uh, diaspora in particular, but also uh, uh, collected original data within Chechnya. He's published work in Europe-Asia studies, Middle East studies, other journals. Recently, he's uh, published some policy memos in the Ponar's policy memo series about issues involving uh, memory, and uh, how they relate to collective memory, and how they relate to uh, the current uh, war in Ukraine. And uh, Murat was actually originally scheduled to give his lecture on uh, the fateful day of February 24th, but, uh Something else happened, so uh, we we had a different event instead, and uh, we're very pleased to be able to uh, have uh, to hear from him uh, today on um, our final lecture of the uh, current academic year. So, um, and he's going to talk about um, the. Uh, What's your title? <laughs> Checking demographic growth as a response to the existential threat from Russia. So mm-hmm. let's give him a warm welcome, and I'll turn him forward to Ron.
0: Thank you very much Seth, for the <laughs> kind introduction, and um, thank you, everyone, for coming and having me tonight. And uh, yeah, the we do not have any other war because of my lecture. So, um, <laughs> <Be> yeah, <admirable. laughs> um, today I'm going to talk about um, my PhD research, which is a book project. I'm trying to turn it into a book. And um, the title of it, Chechen demographic Growth as a reaction to the existential threat for Russia. It's kind of um, self-explaining title, and uh, we can stop lecture here, <laughs> but uh, 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 I'm going to unpack it a little bit so you would understand what I'm talking about. So um, to start with, picture uh, here has nothing to do with this research. It's just uh, an example of uh, a large family of a public figure, and I have chosen because it is picture of a public figure, and uh, no one will sue me because of I'm exposing some Children or whatever. So, um, and the idea of um, this research and what um, what is behind this is um, a phenomenon that um, I was able to observe myself to some extent, and uh, then I was reflecting on it, and it is about the motivation of Chechens to create um, of Chechens to create family and or to enlarge families during the time of hardship. Uh, meaning the last two wars. And uh, with this research, I went even deeper in time, and I started it from the 19th century, actually looking simultaneously into the hardship that Chechen's experienced during this time and the uh, demographic dynamic. And um, what triggered it was this kind of joke that, is, um, that came to me as an anecdote from my friend who visited Chechnya during the time of war was his Lithuanian friend. And he was then um, telling me that they entered one house and there were many children running around screaming and everything. And Lithuanians who do not have large families, usually he was a little bit busy because of so many children. And he observed so many children. And the um, uh, father of these children said, you know, War, no electricity, nothing to do, <coughs> um, and um, this is kind of actually one of legitimate explanations in um, demography. But um, none of my interviews uh, ever talked about this. Actually, besides this joke, nothing happened. So um, to unpack with my. Um, Research. Uh, I would start with the couple of claims that um, are coming actually from Russian demographers, and that says that Chechens are the fastest-growing nation in the Russian Federation, and more than that, they are growing faster than um, other surrounding nations in the eastern part of the of the Caucasus, of the North Caucasus, which. Basically, has very similar composition of um, of social structure that has pretty much the same economic um, uh, situation and all other variables that demographers usually look at. And um, to check this claim and to support it, I have looked at uh, the demographic dynamics of um, several fastest growing nations in the eastern part of the northern um, Caucasus. And uh, to put them into context, uh, I put um, Russia here. But even this um, close look, you can understand that this table doesn't support the claim because English nation, growth of English nation, as as you can see, is pretty much fourfold, whereas Chechen is Three point something. I did not do uh, calculations here. I will do them later because I do not still have the results of the of the census of two thousand twenty one. So once I will have them, I will add and uh, put the exact numbers. So what I'm talking about, if uh, this table does not support the claim, I still think that this claim is correct and. Uh, To check it further, I build up another um, table, which talks about birth rates. And as you can see here, actually starting from 2003, birth rates of Chechens in comparison to Ingush or Dagestan nations are higher. So the claim is pretty much correct, but here you can also um, doubt it on a couple of grounds. So first two years here, English nation and Dagestani nation is growing fast. Second, we're not talking about Dagestani nation as such because Dagestan has 30 plus nations there and they have different <coughs> dynamics of um, demographic growth. So again, what I'm talking about. Um, first, these um, two, two years, 2000 and 2001, they were the years of the um, biggest battles, the harshest battles. Uh, that w- war was going on in Chechnya at that time and pretty much, I don't know, half of the population maybe um, moved out and probably 30% of this half was in Ingusheta at that point and this contributed to the growth of Ingush in Ingushetia here. We're talking about the republic not the nation. And uh, with all corruption and everything that is quite normal and common in Russia, some mm-hmm. of these uh, people uh, actually registered as to be English, so to avoid uh, persecution or, and, uh, and other stuff that can come from the um, Siloviki. And uh, here, even if we uh, think about uh, some nations that might grow faster than Chechens or have uh, maybe little bit as, as the previous uh, slide actually indicated, that, that would be Dargin nation actually that grows faster than Chechen. So even having this in mind, uh, we can think that neither in Buxete nor Dagestan experienced wars. And this implies quite a high death rate. This implies uh, some indirect loss. And uh, this implies also this unrealized um, birth that could have happened if um, there wouldn't be war. So the claim is pretty much correct if we delve into all these calculations. Here I put uh, a map which is a little bit outdated, which also shows um, uh, the birth rates in Russia and uh, even if it is outdated of 2012, uh, it still gives an uh, idea of uh, that uh, Eastern part of the North Caucasus here uh, is the one of the leading in uh, in birth rates here. And other two regions actually that are also leading are here region and Altai region. I didn't um, investigate why they have high birth rates there, but uh, what I know that they have also quite high death rates of the newborn children. And therefore, um, Eastern part of the North Caucasus still is um, leading and growing faster than uh, these two regions. And this is all going on in the context of of, uh, European Russia, which has twice or even three times uh, lower birth rates. So um, what and how to explain this? And the first idea also uh, how to explain it would be to delve into demographic explanations. And demography talks a lot about, um, about these variables that are listed above here, about economic situation that can uh, impact birth rates, about level of urbanization or um, how many people are rural, about level of education of people, health care, religion, socioeconomic situation, and so on and so on. And as I have mentioned before, all of this were pretty much are pretty much the same in the eastern part of the North Caucasus, And none of this, and and as they are the same, so these variables do not explain why Chechens is growing faster than other surrounding nations. And therefore, um, I think that an um, essential element is missing, and this essential element, to my mind, is related to security. And what are the demographic explanations that can relate us to security. So I looked at two theories that are risk insurance theory and replacement theory. Uh, The first theory is talking about pretty much social security. So if people are thinking about their old age and if um, the state does not provide very much social security, that's what they do usually. They have large families, and then they rely on their children. it doesn't work. This explanation for Chechnya to fully explain this demographic growth because uh, Chechnya kind of didn't demonstrate such a big correlation in between the demographic dynamics and economic well-being. And replacement theory uh, is is talking about pretty much how people can cope with um, with loss of a child, and uh, this one of the mechanisms. Uh, to how to do it so if uh, a family loses a child they try to replace it with another child and this might also contribute to uh, the demographic growth however this theory doesn't talk about multiple losses and multiple um, replacements therefore it also doesn't fit that uh, well to explain uh, church and demographic dynamics and further uh, I looked at political demographics theories that um, also talk about the security element that, um, to my mind, is was missing in uh, demographic theories. So they have this security element. And two theories that I looked at was uh, youth bulge theory and um, demographic security dilemma. Youth bulge theory is is very interesting, uh, fascinating theory, and uh, it is relevant also to my research. However, I look to the opposite uh, dynamic vice versa. not how the amount of use in the society can provoke conflict, but how conflict can provoke uh, the appearance of this use in the society. And uh, so use bulge theory is it's kind of, it gives very interesting calculations actually, mm-hmm. that uh, if you have like, let's say 30% or more of um, young people which are in between 15 and 30 year old. So the possibility of some kind of turmoil increases 150% in this society. So again, it's uh, not that relevant to my research, but it was still very interesting and helping out to structure my mind while doing it. And demographic security dilemma. Uh, stems from from the very known uh, security dilemma in political science that pretty much um, starts the spiral of um, of arm, uh, arm race and uh, so one state let's say is concerned with its security and tries to increase it and a different state considers it as a as a direct threat to to itself and in demography it goes also pretty much the same, so two groups, ethnic groups or other groups, whatever, they try to outgrow each other in order to have the upper hand during the elections, let's say, or or in other situations. And two very interesting examples here are uh, Israel-Palestine that they are trying to outgrow each other in, mm-hmm. uh, in this sense, and um, Northern Ireland Catholics, um, well Protestants do not try that much but uh, but Catholics do so um, again uh, this demographic security dilemma this theory doesn't suit to explain uh, my puzzle because it's hard for Chechens to outgrow Russian nation like one million against one forty five <laughs> so so that kind of pushed me to uh, think about my own theoretical framework. And um, I tried to do so relying on research of um, Israeli scholars, uh, John Anson and um, Avinam Meir. And their idea was to to place whenever they wanted to explain or, or they suggested whoever wants to explain demographic dynamics of, of one or another nation or a group, uh, they should place it into a context and whenever context is, can be, it can be friendly, it can be hostile, it can be neutral. And this context actually um, plays a big role in, um, in, in, in the decision, in the group's motivation to have a large family or not. And uh, they also connected it to the economic situation, to economic well-being of the, of the group under uh, focus. And this part, uh, as I mentioned before, is not so relevant uh, to my research, but uh, the idea of placing within the context and looking at uh, how friendly or hostile it is uh, was very fruitful and um, I followed uh, it, adding the uh, observation of uh, Warren Robinson who said that, once fertility becomes largely a personal decision arising out of various individual or couple level economic and emotional balances, and there is no longer a perception that reproduction is essential for the wider social group, fertility can decline to levels which were unthinkable in past times. In other words, uh, what's uh, very important here is that that uh, we're thinking not about personal decision, or we're thinking about personal decision to have family or to increase to, to enlarge family, but which is through prism of a group through through pressure of the group. So it is not entirely personal decision in this sense. And um, to find out um, what was the motivation behind um, the creation of the families during the time of hardship uh, in Chechen case. I interviewed 110 people, uh, mostly refugees in Europe. And uh, I conducted a, a focus group uh, to support my, um, my interviews, my findings with these uh, 110 people. It is entirely qualitative research, but I did some quantitative calculation just to, to see how many persons uh, answered this way or that way. But uh, of course, it is not relevant to and cannot be uh, projected to the whole nation. And um, uh, yeah, so re- research is also reflexive by its nature because, um, because first of all, the the interviews were not only about uh, and only with those people who had. Uh, created or had enlarged their families during time of hardship. They included people who were still planning had have family, who who were already in the age when they had already grown-up children, and they were reflecting and talking about the whole nation. They were reflecting also about not the situation in Europe where they lived, but um, in situation in Chechnya. And plus, uh, again, why it is... Uh, why it was still okay to do this kind of research because uh, as other research uh, listed here demonstrate that uh, actually the first generation migrants, they follow the same pattern that was family pattern that was in the the homeland. So to introduce you some findings, um, uh, the first finding is uh, about these motivations. And uh, I highlighted here like somewhat unusual motivation that you can rarely probably see in demographic um, research or explanations. Uh, but the first two are the biggest, and um, I probably can assume that they would be having in mind the population of my interviews, it could be probably relevant uh, to talk about the whole Chechen population. So the first um, largest group of um, 86 interviews uh, it's almost 80% of my interviewed population. They were directly connecting and uh, the Chechen demographic dynamics to, um, to the losses experienced during the conflict. And the second largest group, uh, almost 60%, they were talking about um, personal or family uh, level survival. And due to the limited time, I skipped a couple of the usual uh, explanation that, um, Uh, that uh, you can find everywhere in demography and I will now um, give you some quotes that uh, present this uh, this motivation that represents the whole group that I have um, chosen so um, the largest batch the one of 86 interviewees and um, I have chosen two quotes here first quote comes from 65-year-old male entered in Germany, and he um, said, uh, our demography is directly related to survival of the nation. Therefore, one must have a large family if he is a patriot. large family means that uh, you contribute to defending your nation. I always wanted many children because I understood that large families help my nation to survive, strengthen it and provide it with uh, resources, end of the quote. And the second quote comes from 44-year-old male uh, interviewed in France. Uh, our elders used to say, a family should consist of seven boys and two or three girls. It makes perfect sense, because four or five boys would definitely perish in war, whereas the rest of the children would ensure the survival of the nation. Since the Chechens were constantly at war for the last seven generations, Our ancestors figured out this number for the ideal size of the family, the size that ensures survival of the nation. Um, The second largest uh, batch that we're talking about, the uh, personal survival, personal security. So um, the quote that represents this batch comes from 36 year old male interviewed in Poland. uh, And I quote him, it is easier to deal with many problems if your family is large. You have support. We have a saying about father of many children. He has people to support him. The family is your stronghold. If you do not have brother, people would consider you as a person who can be easily insulted without consequences. It is because brother will support his own brother. It is still important even among the Chechens in Europe. And now we're coming to more uh, unusual explanations that um, it's not always found in, uh, in demographic theories. So almost 30% mentioned some, some kind of genetic predisposition. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit uh, strange, but uh, that's that what they were talking about. So uh, the quote comes from 63-year-old female interviewed uh, in Lithuania. I think that the Chechens have some kind of genetic code, which uh, forces our people to have many children. You don't have to ask a Chechen whether he wants children or not. It's um, natural to have children for a Chechen. It is the biggest blessing for us. Interestingly enough, this uh, woman, she didn't have children. And, um, and uh, well, I did not ask why the reasons, because uh, it could have been some health related uh, or whatever. So it was not appropriate in this sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, she provided very interesting explanation. And uh, nine interviewees, 8% of, um, of uh, the interviewed population was talking about personal pride, and um, I will explain in a second what, what uh, it is meant by, mm. by this. So the quote comes from 34-year-old male interviewed in Belgium. I was raised in a large family. I have two brothers and six sisters. We lived poorly, but happily. I think it was a good size of family. So I would not like to dishonor my father by having fewer children than he did. So he is not competing with his father in heaven, like how many children, but uh, it's just, um, he's probably uh, saying that his father um, kind of did his duty. He raised um, so many children, and. His duty, also as his son, to raise uh, not less children, good citizens of um, good good Chechens. So um, the same amount of uh, interviews, nine interviews, eight percent was talking about continuity of um, the family name, and the quote comes from fifty-seven-year-old male interviewed in Belgium. Uh, I was participating in war, and I always had disturbing thoughts because I did not have children. What would have happened if I got killed? There would be um, anyone to bear my surname anymore. It would die with me and it didn't seem right. And this is also quite common explanation in demography to uh, continue family name, but um, this was uh, a little bit uh, more connected to war situation rather than uh, usual. The next batch um, of interese, a little bit uh, smaller, Around six percent. They were talking about quite openly about the preparation for the next war and about raising warriors. And this thought, actually, as I could um, notice, was at the back of the head of many of my interviewees. But they were not um, talking about it openly. It just and some kind of hints. And therefore, I didn't um, I didn't put them inside uh, this batch. So the quote comes from the um, same. 57-year-old male, uh, interviewed in Belgium. Uh, Look at how we educate our children. It is uh, literally preparation for physical survival. We want our boys to be strong and brave so they would be able to bear all possible hardship and to meet every possible calamity. Yes, we are growing them as warriors, preparing them for the next war. It is inevitable, uh, the war, because uh, Russia does not change Uh, its attitude towards us, and we do not want to become slaves. We are so used to being attacked that we all think about the inevitability of the next war. We always wait for another aggression. (coughs) It's become routine to us to fight with Russia every 50 years. Even today, when I think about the future, I believe that if we do not sort it out with the Russians now, in some time there will be another war and our children will suffer so it's better for them to be ready for it and um, some of the interviewed population was kind of disagreeing with this uh, claim that I um, that I said at the beginning of the presentation that uh, Chechen is the fastest growing nation, they were not disagreeing with the claim as such but they were saying that the nation does not grow fast enough. So it used to grow fast, but now the speed is decelerating. And they listed um, following reasons for 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 this deceleration. And half of these 24 interviews who kind of disagreed. They were talking about uh, blaming economic instability and limited income for this deceleration. Nine interviewees were blaming globalization, women education, and emancipation, and four interviews uh, was blaming the last wars, which is quite opposite to the idea that uh, I'm trying to unpack in this book. So to give you the quotes, um, the one that represents uh, the largest botch and who blamed economic instability, the quote comes from 40-year-old male interviewed in Belgium. In Chechnya, people have to consider their income. People of my generation have different size of families. Some have two kids, some have four or five children. When I asked one of my friends why he had only two kids, uh, he said, well, I need to feed them. Here you go. He does not have an opportunity to provide for his family. He tries to work here and there, but it is not enough. Those who are socially secure, they can afford to have many children, and they do. Uh, This is recent development a new thing for Chechens. He meant deceleration here. Yeah. And um, nine uh were blaming globalization and women emancipation and education. The same um, 63-year-old female interviewed in Lithuania. Um, she gave an example of her sister-in-law. She said, she's educated, and uh, she has only two kids. When I asked her why you didn't have more, she answered that it was due to the lost time seeking education and career. Now her children are teenagers and she's ashamed to get pregnant again. And um, the last batch of uh, four interviewees who was claiming and blaming the um, last two wars, the quote comes from a 29-year-old male from interviewed in Finland. Today the size of Chechen family is getting smaller. I think it is common for all nations that uh, have experienced wars. Usually. The first 10-20 years after war, people do not reproduce actively because everything is ruined, and it is difficult to sustain large family. However, later the average family size increases. Our nation is under the recovery process now. Uh, it feels weak as an organism after disease. Once we are recovered, we'll get back to our usual pattern of family size. And um, the third finding that. Um, I want to talk about is related to gender. actually the whole demographic dynamic is kind of very much gender based and is in basically in hands of females. and uh, for this research I interviewed only 13 females <laughs> because of um, cultural reasons. Uh, it's very difficult for a male to interview a female uh, in this topic, especially having in mind the Peculiarities of um, Chechen education. So, um, out of these certain um, females, pretty much all of them listed the same motivation as male did. So, I did not see any big difference in between um, in between motivation that they uh, were talking about. And what was interesting actually that they blamed male for deceleration of the population growth. So, uh, it was. Male fault, anyway. <laughs> and um, so the quote comes from 25-year-old female interviewed in Austria. If a man doesn't uh, want many children, I doubt that uh, he is a suitable husband. I don't think any girl would consider him as a potential Chechen father. I'm sure that Chechen women do want many children. Our guys are more influenced by globalization, and sometimes they would opt for a smaller family, but we do not want that kind of husband. They must remember that children are our pride. The more children you have, the better it is. Luckily, most Chechen guys still see the importance of large family, and luckily most Chechen girls do want uh, large families. So um, to conclude, uh, there are kind of a couple of main takeaways, besides the uh, one that uh, the... Chechen demographic dynamic is related to conflict. So um, as I could have noticed, Chechens still do have little family planning. So it's kind of all about as many children as God gives. Uh, Second, uh, despite these reasons and motivations that I have listed and found out, we have to think that all other demographic explanations and uh, other explanations, they are also working and they work together and they sometimes uh, work in a very unusual setting of these demographic explanations besides those that uh, were given by my interiors. And uh, the sort that uh, basically supports the idea that Chechen demographic dynamic is related to uh, the conflict is that is this patriotic motivation so the idea that you have family not only for the sake of the family but it's it's good for the group and basing on this conclusions, basing on this research I, I was thinking about suggesting the following theoretical contribution to uh, political demography which would go uh, with the predictions that a group with a silent collective identity, when presented with existential threat, would resort to the, as a response to this existential threat, would resort to the higher demographic growth. Whereas, if there would be no existential threat, the same group, in this situation, other demographic um, variables would be leading uh, in the, and uh, deciding demographic dynamics of this group and the group with non-silent collective identity presented with existential threat, it would probably opt for assimilation rather than uh, this uh, opposite response as the group with silent collective identity. And the same answer would be when there is no existential threat, so other uh, demographic variables would take the lead in, in the demographic dynamics of the group. Thank you for your attention, and if you have questions, I'll try to answer, thank you.